0: Hey everybody, it's Drew. It's Blake. And you're listening to the Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Controllers podcast.
1: Welcome to episode 38 of the podcast. First and foremost, I'm going to go ahead and go through all of our social medias. You can find us on Facebook and Spotify by searching uh, the full name of the podcast. When searching on Spotify, it will also bring up the playlist that Drew has been curating of all the songs uh, that we've shown or had on the uh, podcast thus far. Now, if you just type in the word two smoking controllers, you can find us on Reddit, Discord, and Twitch, yes. I do believe. And with the number two smoking controllers, you can find us uh, on Instagram, and that's also the email. Yeah. And just recently, I do not have it down, uh, but we, we did start a Twitter.
0: Yeah, well I had to, I know in the, one of the original episodes I said we ain't ever going to bother with the Twitter because the Twitter environment's usually so toxic, but we're hoping we can avoid the toxicity a little bit by literally just having just the fans of the podcast or we want to follow a couple of podcasts because I talked to Blake Facebook has like. Basically, no reach. Like every post I make on Facebook doesn't get to anybody for some reason. I mean, we assume because because we don't pay them money, so they 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 bury our posts. I'm sure uh, we're hoping Twitter's not exactly the same way. Cause we do post about when we uh, record when when the episode comes out. We've been trying to we've been trying to post when we get on Twitch so people can come watch or hang out or even uh, well, the other night. Last night, I, I don't want to date the podcast, but we wanted people to come try to play. Uh, Dead by daylight with this, but these posts. I mean, we, we played all night, and then I went back to my uh, posts, and the Facebook post was like, Seen by Zero, and I was like, Cool. Thanks, Facebook. Yeah, because I know we have followers. Yeah, we have listeners, of course. So, anyway, that's the idea. Hopefully, try to maybe use Twitter for good, not pure human evil. Um, yeah, I hope so. Anyway, so that's all we got for the social media, I think. We do have, we're doing two games and a band today. Uh, one game uh, we both played, but there was a drastic time uh, in between when one of us played and then the other one played. So Blake's played one more recently than me, and then one I haven't played. I didn't play at all. So one was a GameFly game that was specifically for Blake, but it has an interesting connection to a previous episode. So we'll get to that shortly. We're going to start with the, the first game I just mentioned. I'll let Blake lead there with the normal
1: stuff. The first game we're talking about is Mages of Mistralia. <laughs> It originally came out uh, March 18th, 2017, and since then has been uh, put on everything. It's Switch, PC, I believe it's everywhere. Uh, It is an action adventure game that was published and developed by Borealis Games. They're a Canadian based game development studio. It was originally two members who had just gotten together to talk about creating a video game and at its peak. Uh, it's sitting at 16 members at the moment. Yeah. They've only made this one game, but they do plan on making more, but they were focused on getting this one on all consoles first, and they did all the ports and stuff themselves.
0: That's good. You get more of a personal touch, I guess, when you don't outsource. So, I mean, I mean most people honestly outsource the reporting. That's yeah. very common.
1: They, I imagine they probably don't have the money.
0: <laughs> for well, you yeah, had to pay another company to outsource for them.
1: Because even ma- for them. even Mages of Australia, uh was actually kick-started. Had almost 5,000 backers. It was like 49 and some change, almost 5,000. And it accumulated a total of uh, $234,000, albeit Canadian dollars. So but who knows what that is? Yeah. I'm, it's
0: it's got to be. Was it 200, 200 something thousand
1: loony? Is that what they call I money? think it is. But it's still quite a bit of money. Yeah, especially for a uh, developer who's brand new and one of the cool things they had had no money before that Yeah, one of the cool things I didn't realize is because of all this money they have gone out of their way to uh, try to enrich the Mistralia world Mm -hmm. they've even released a prequel comic book that explains more of the backstory and introduces some of the sub characters that you don't really interact real well with the two writers for that comic book were actually two kind of big people a gentleman named uh, Brian Clevenger and he has written Atomic Robo and 8-Bit Theater. I'm not, I'm not sure either of those. But the other guy, uh, Carrie Pitsich, uh, Lumberjanes, and Adventure Time. Oh, Adventure Time. Yeah, and so they've uh, written the comic. Hmm. I it Had a comic? It was okay. Hmm. The, 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 they wrote the comic. The actual writer is actually kind of real cool, too. The actual writer for Mages in Australia is a gentleman named Ed Greenwood. Uh, he is huge more more than anything in the D&D realm oh, yeah. because he is responsible and the creator of Forgotten Realms That's cool. he is the creator of Forgotten Realms bank. oh yeah <laughs> and the fact that he got that job from being a fan of D&D and writing in oh try this campaign uh, you know just writing in on all their contests and they like this stuff so much and they're just like do do you want a job and he he started working for them, I think, in like 69, 70, somewhere in there. Nice. And he's just been working yeah, ever since. Dream job. There you go.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I thought that was pretty cool. And one thing I literally didn't figure out till just now was uh the score. The orchestral score for this game was done by a gentleman named uh, Shota Nakama, mm-hmm. and he's the guy who did the music for Final Fantasy fifteen and all the Kingdom Hearts.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm gonna get him.
1: No clue. No clue at all.
0: I mean, sometimes I guess, sometimes you just ask. I guess. Yeah. People come do it. Uh, cause, I mean, the music. Don't. I mean, the songs that I that I well, I, I did find the soundtrack and the songs that I picked out were, uh, were okay. I mean, pretty good stuff.
1: Uh, one of their stretch goals was getting um the releasing the OST for it. So I I just think that that was really cool. cool. Yeah. That's a lot of people who uh, were backing these these guys. Mm-hmm. So now let's move on to like the actual, well,
0: uh, the graphics
1: and art. It's more um, let's see the art style is more chibi, I guess. Everything's kind of squat and cute. Yeah, I think the world. I mean, it's
0: happened so much in video game. Granted, this is this game is stylized for sure, but I always think, in majority of all games that uh worlds always look better than the people do. I don't know if they spend so much time, like meticulously building their worlds. I think the world uh, in, in here looks pr- looks pretty decent, and the people just uh, people are passable, even though they are like a cartoony, chubby thing. They're not anything mm. fancy to look at.
1: It wasn't, it wasn't terrible. It was good. It was a nice, good environment. Everything was. They had several different, like several different environments. You had like volcanoes and ice yeah, tundras. You do the and, whole the yeah. whole
0: game bit of RPG environments,
1: but it was it was pretty to look at. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Like on top of all that, I really enjoyed um uh, the character design. Well, the character designs were pretty cool. The boss monsters were yeah, really cool, and the larger bosses, and all unique. Yeah, you know there wasn't a collar swap between them. I mean, there wasn't like ooh a small version of them. It, it, they were all really cool, and for the most part, pretty fun to fight. They were they were challenging, but not too challenging either.
0: Yeah, it was a matter of uh they kind of um, they're reminiscent of Zelda bosses. I thought I felt like. Um, they have a, a a pattern, and once you know the pattern, I think there was an achievement for, like, fighting a boss, a certain boss, or all the bosses and not getting hit. Was there an achievement for that? I felt like there was something along the sort. I think it was fighting at least one boss and not like getting finding hit. finding a boss and not getting hit. I and mean, once you know their patterns, you can fight any of the bosses and not yeah. and not get hit. But it's about matter of, like, you might die the first time because you're uh, just learning the pattern and learning when to hit them and when to dodge and stuff like that. If I think all the bosses had that uh, Zelda feel to them when kind of the... The rest of the game doesn't have like a very aside from having somewhat having dungeons and and having puzzles uh the game the game world doesn't really feel that much like a zelda i don't think although the bosses do
1: and uh as i said earlier it is an uh action adventure game you know as you can tell by the zelda comparisons um it also has a really cool unique game mecha- uh mechanic they could be used for combat as well as the more intense puzzle solving. Yeah.
0: It's probably the showpiece of the game.
1: I think so. It's what they brag about the most. It's a
0: nearly limitless uh, Cus- like magic building
1: system. S- spell customization. Yeah. And you have the standards. You have you know, fire. Well, actually, it's just cast fire, cast lightning, and it really just does right in front of you. Mm-hmm. And you have to build onto it if you want to cast fireball. Some of the earlier add-ons for the spells are just—it's a little called straight shot, and you you equip straight shot to fireball and to fire, and you equip, you shoot a fireball. Yeah. And then you can equip like a, I think it was called like scatter shot to make like a, a three-way shotgun blast for okay. fireball. And then then it gets really complicated.
0: I imagine there's videos on the internet of people doing ridiculously game-breaking stuff like solving things or killing. I mean, I did use uh, a build recommendation for uh, beating the arena because there's a build recommendation that wipes out the map. Yeah, I imagine there's lots of builds that do stuff like that. Uh, I had I, I found two different builds. I guess imagine your play style and stuff. I found two different builds for an for control. Because you got to beat the arena in a certain amount of time one of the one of the final achievements when we, cause we did so we
1: both won k yeah we did what takes a little bit of doing with the um, a, a ta guide and a steam guide
0: yeah kind of so for find, finding a certain build, i don't know if you found i think you ended up finding one of the same builds i did for beating the arena it's like something that rains fire down from the sky all around you it's pretty neat oh, yeah,
1: that's way better than just shooting a fireball forward i mean oh, yeah. I because mean, uh if i remember that spell correctly Because one of the crazy things is you build like two or three spells. Mm -hmm. And then you can link the spells together. Mm -hmm. And it literally uses your entire MP bar in one one Mm -hmm. smash. But your MP bar comes back pretty gradually. And then you get these items that let you fully heal your MP. And then I think one of the other add-ons you get is which your physical attack is to drain MP back. So We may- get
0: different staves. Oh, those are different staves. Was there different robes, too? I think there's different robes. There were, th-
1: like, th- the, 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 the award for the arena was the ultimate robe, which yeah, lets your the, MP regenerate on its own, I think.
0: I think it regenerated on, on its own already, but it, like, I think it just increased it, like, the... Like, 200% in it or something. A, and a, and a certain wand, mm-hmm. Between a certain wand and a certain thing, where you've, you've got, like, nearly infinite, I mean, MP just regenerated faster that you can cast it, unless you build the crazy all MP bar spell, but you could cast that spell. What it would do, it would wipe the whole map off for you. And, and then it would just start spawning in, in the arena and your your the staff and whatever you had with Clip would be re- refilling your MP back up and you just cast the spell again. You're just like raining. Death. Raining, raining <laughs> death. And be, yeah, you got to beat the arena in like under 10 minutes or something like that.
1: Because, yeah. And then on top of that, there was another thing about making it through the final dungeon in yeah, a certain... The same build, just about, yeah, I think you use the, the same. exact same build.
0: Yep. From the final dungeon in under ten minutes.
1: Now, this spell crafting mechanic is phenomenal. Yeah, and unfortunately, I'm too dumb to make it work. Like I had, I had my standard stuff that I, I literally didn't look for any help except for on some of the puzzles that were insane. Yeah, and also the fact it has a bit of a Metroidvania style where you will encounter a puzzle. Right out of the first town, but you have no way of doing it until like after Let's the say third boss. Like uh,
0: you see a switch or something like that, and the switch is kind of like so, so, yeah, you can fire a fireball straight, kind of just straight a little bit. But you the way there's a switch angled in a way that you can't, no matter where you stand, you can't shoot a fireball straight into that switch. Later, you'll get the
1: curve, curve right, curve, curve left. right, or curve
0: left onto your onto your ability. So then you stand a certain angle and you hit the curve, and you'll curve. Around and hit the angle and hit the switch. That's kind of the Metrovanian style of it. And that curve thing, they, what do they, what do they love that using the curve on a lot of stuff?
1: Yeah, they do it because it really gets in those interesting angles. Yeah, I had a few times where I, I just mashed uh, like the rain ability, which is what you everything, all the fire comes down. I'm not trying to build a whole spell right now. Just mash rain and run around in a circle until it <laughs> ended up hitting it behind the wall because yeah. you, you can kind of. Cheat the system a little bit.
0: We have uh, that's, we need, we need a system like that. I can mean, I guarantee it just a, a very short YouTube no search yet. would
1: uh, you know, find fifteen, twenty different styles. It's just
0: of, the, it's the stuff that just. Uh, I mean, I can't imagine people take systems like this that
1: are nearly 'cause because you got all you got to think
0: all the different combinations of, of uh, well, the elements are kind of whatever because the elements kind of do this kind of more or less do the, do the same thing. But you take all the elements and then you take all the different things like uh, curve and
1: it was, it was over uh, 30. Sh- like
0: even like shoot behind you or like or, uh, shoot multiples, homing. There's, there's any number of different we combinations could, you have. And you combine but, that with the, even combine that further with the c- couple of different wands and different robes. And all that adds together. into.
1: Because like a few of them off the top of my head were literally just, there is explosion, straight, curve left, curve right, scatter, bigger, rain. Linking, and there's a couple of other ones because like I said, you you have the base elements,
0: mm-hmm. just like fire, earth, and like lightning.
1: Fire, know? earth, and lightning. But then as you encounter some bosses, you get new elements, mm-hmm. and then you get to switch. Instead of fireball, you can now switch its element to, uh, I think it's literally called igni, is the fire, and then arcti, arcti, for the ice. And you can have a fireball that shoots a fireball and shoots an iceball at the same time, so you're hitting fire and ice damage.
0: It reminded me of the ice thing. I don't know if any, any of the other ones do it. It's the ice thing. You can do a spell that literally lays the ice road in front of you. Yeah, yeah it was with the earth because you
1: had to do the same thing to, to a ground, like, like
0: a ground like a ground ice thing. You can cross water. And, uh, but more, more or less, cross water because there is level, uh, lava levels where
1: you can't and it won't work. And then they were creating the tornadoes to spin those sails to. Yeah, like it was a very. Tornado spell, yeah. Like we're talking like it's like a 100 hour game, but in reality, it's only like a 10 or 15 hour game. Like, yeah. they pack well, a whole lot well, I mean, into a small adventure.
0: It's the limitless possibilities of that system. Yeah. I forgot about the tornado. You build a tornado spell to spin the fans. The tornadoes can go any kind of. You, know, the tornado, yeah. Yeah, you can, for you know, for any direction. Can't, you, you can. not can, rain tornadoes, I guess. Because there of some limits to what it will and won't well, do. Cer-
1: yeah, certain spells had certain things. Like, you couldn't rain. Lightning, but you could explode lightning out from you. Right?
0: Lightning, is it just a lightning bolt?
1: I think it was, but it didn't. It was a scatter plot instead of fireball, it would it all just shoot down in a circular air Lightning would like, you know, boop 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 all around.
0: Yeah, yeah. I remember specifically the build talking about using the fire because I, I think I had like a wider, like when it hit, it hit and exploded. I feel like maybe the lightning
1: just came straight down because each of the element. I think fire was the only one that had access to everything. Mm-hmm. While the other ones were limited, they had, you know, slightly less access to the full grid of spells. Because fireball was just easier to use for all the puzzles. Mm-hmm. And, oh, there was one that was um, vanishing. Where you would throw it, and there, oh, there was a huge wall in front of you. And you would throw it, and as it was going, it would oops. and appear on the other side of the wall. Vanishing. Yeah. I don't think I ever used it. It was, a, it was actually, I used it a couple of times just because it looked cool. Yeah. But vanishing, yeah.
0: I used a lot of homing and explosion, basically, just to have stuff homing in and then blow up and kill everything. Yeah, because I wasn't digging, like, you I wasn't digging uh,
1: too deep into the system. Because I want to play other games. <laughs> so That's really all there is the to it. It's in the
0: back of your head, I guess, is getting to the, because I just gave you to get to another game.
1: I didn't enjoy it, and Albeit, the story itself wasn't mind-blowing.
0: Yeah, what was... Do you remember the,
1: the whole gist point? of
0: it? I, I, know, I remember the... Uh, wasn't it witches are not well-regarded or something like that?
1: Magic users in general. Which yeah, is, so bad, I but think but everyone was just called mages.
0: Yeah, I remember your main character wasn't well-received.
1: Uh, well, because well, the, uh, they had like... Um, I guess you'd want to call it... The opening act is you play as Zia... She's the main character and then her powers, I think how the the mythos of the world is magic is awakened by celestial energies, which come from the moon and not everybody gets it. It's like one in 200 people. It's a very small world and your main character, her powers activate and she ends up, I think she burns her house down with her family in it and she is rescued by a a tutor. Who you know teaches her? The game then jumps like a couple of years, like two or two or five years somewhere in there, and you've finished your mage training, and you're supposed to go out in the world, and the the natural magics of the world was supposed to guide you to your spell book, and then something happens. You don't find your spell book. You find a special. I guess it would technically be your spellbook, but it's a special spellbook that can talk to you that no one else can hear. And when you ask your teacher about that, you're like, that's... Magic's different for everyone, but I've never heard of, a, of their spellbook speaking to them specifically. That's weird. Maybe you got some really hidden potential in you. Or... a. Uh,
0: well, speaking of speaking, there is no speaking.
1: There's subtle speaking. Like, there's like three legitimate cutscenes yeah. or whatever in the game, and there's like... No, ha 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 ha. It's like you know, yeah, it's no real, very minimal. No, no real voice no, acting to speak really. of. Our
0: continued complaint about games, even indie games such as such as this, complete and total lack of voice acting. I don't know why your stretch goals will be getting a composer, but not getting a couple of voice actors again, or just like I said, use people around
1: the office. What, what, what I say earlier, they had uh, fourteen or sixteen people yeah. in total. Yeah, I mean, and I'm assuming because they're. Uh, from Montreal so they, some of them might be French Canadian you have multiple languages you could use too yeah. I mean that's have, a lot of people I'm in
0: development I guess that's no telling anyway moving on you can,
1: do, you can do with the story oh I don't want to do too much in and spoil what was there mm-hmm. but after you get your book then you go then your book instructs you it's like if you want to get stronger I can show you things that your master couldn't yeah and then you go on like a it's s-
0: like I think I remember it being kind of like obvious that the book is
1: not oh yeah it's got a giant good. like yellow eye on it and it yeah, pulsates like, with like purple evil energy yeah, like
0: it's a little obvious the book is nefarious
1: yeah but it doesn't mean it's not a it's not fun powerful oh yeah. Right? yeah
0: and she's she's young and wants to learn magic so she's all, all for it if I remember correctly so I, mean, I don't remember the, the uh, motivations for the whole the whole story is really well, just kind of following the book around.
1: Well, or I do because I mean, you're trying to. You discover that there is a, a lunar event coming, and that is the lunar event bad or good. Well, it's 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 perfectly natural, except for uh, the the people in hiding, like the Mage Council, have discovered an evil mage, evil evil magic user who's going to harness the power and like not destroy the world, but become use it to. It's like a a threatening event to make himself a god emperor of the world or whatever type thing. Everybody wants to be god emperor. Not in a... They just want all the power and other responsibility. Yeah. But I don't want to... Again, I don't want to spoil the story too much for people for what little bit there is there, but...
0: I mean, I think this game's more more about the exploring, the tons of puzzle solving. There's so many... I mean, everything's basically your... I mean, obviously there's combat. There's throwing magic at people, but the game... I feel like there's probably almost as many, if not more, puzzles involved in the game than there is actual flat out combat.
1: uh, And it does do a lot of world building. Like, you're finding out the reason the world hates mages and magic users is at one point in time, like a thousand years ago, I think it was, there was uh, the Mad Mage King who went crazy with, like, he absorbed. He was trying to make himself more powerful, like always. Mm-hmm. But he was a good king. And then the same lunar event that happened, happening again a thousand years time or whatever, was he absorbed the moon energies, the lunar energies, celestial energies, to make himself more powerful so that he could essentially live forever. Got corrupted, didn't get to live forever, and started going mad. and like.
0: So it backfired a little bit. Yeah. And Just then a little he, bit.
1: And then he was forced to be taken out of the picture and then all magic was forbidden in most cases anyone who showed magic was usually killed or just to avoid that from ever happening again
0: yeah that uh that storyline and kind of the the kind of poppy kind of bright happy visuals kind of yeah kind of brush up against that storyline a little bit kind of don't don't match it quite as well
1: it's a bit of a juxtaposition that's for sure yeah
0: I mean, there is fire and death in the beginning of a, our village, and there's a, I think there's a town you come across that's being attacked, yeah. it's on fire, and people are dying. But like, there's a good majority of the game that's just kind of how you know, bright and colorful everything is.
1: Now, uh, that's as far as uh, much of the stories I really want to yeah. get into. I really hope they make another game. Like, I would love for them to reuse the system in another game or in the same world. Yeah. Something like I I very much enjoyed playing Did it. Did
0: you see anything that they were working on anything at all? All I
1: know is they finished porting it to the Switch in like late 2019. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping that they're able to work on some something else. I mean, it takes a minute to get, get ideas, especially if you spent your entire life focused on one idea and you finally get it out and you're like, well, I don't really have another one in because you weren't expecting that one to mm-hmm. exist. But I'm hoping they do more.
0: Yeah, I'd play anything, anything else there. So. I wasn't super in love with this game. Uh, I don't. There are parts of uh, extreme annoyance when it comes to some of the puzzles. Uh, some, some some of the puzzles are just way out there. Um, there's a bunch of things that involved um, timing, and I hate being timed. You got to hit all five of these switches before the time runs out. There's so much of that.
1: You have to do like the scatter shot plus curve plus rain, and yeah. well,
0: there was one near the on the town around on those docks. The switches were there, and you had to like you had to have, you had to be able to have the Hit the switches and then cast the ice to run run along the water. Hit the switch and run along the water. Hit the switch and run along the water.
1: I do. Uh, that one sucked. I didn't struggle with that one yeah, at all. The,
0: don't, yeah, yeah. I think I think I remember you told me that you like ran through it in one or two tries. I, I did it my time.
1: second try. I spent,
0: I spent a good amount of time. One, I didn't map out where the first one or two tries. I didn't really map out where the switches were. And one time, I freaking there's enemies down there, which is obnoxious. You don't even need that. Enemies will just knock you off your little path. They pop out of the water and just ruin everything. I feel like the the, the time frame for it is very unforgiving for a lot of those things. There's a lot of the... There's just way too many hit-the-switches in, in this amount of time puzzles. I wish they would come up with something else to do. Yeah, but that's just standard making
1: and all puzzle Anything puzzle-related has got to have to... It's got to increase the tension. It's, they got to do timing because they know most people when as soon as a timer is involved or just the beep 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 of a timer not the actually don't actually see the numbers and it messes with people psychologically and it makes it more difficult yeah. even when there's plenty of time people still stress as yeah. soon as a timer is introduced
0: i do think that, I, did, I still think the times on these was was tight for a lot of these remember the one where you run down the side of the river hitting the hitting the switches weren't running along the side of the river because you see the switches pretty early in the game. You just don't have the means to getting uh, um, yeah, to get them I think that when you actually need a, uh, I think you're short a dash magic. or There's a dash magic. Yeah. Uh, I think you're short a dash magic that even gives you the speed required to even get down the side of the river fast enough.
1: Because I mean, you have to run down the river and it leads back to like the second dungeon in the game was just that mine yeah. or something like that. I, I, that was obnoxious because you had to you, you had to hit the switches with wind, but dash and use the lightning. To, it was because you didn't have access to wind or the lightning until later in the game.
0: Yeah, it's just that Metroidvania kind of stuff. Yeah, you end up to, you see a
1: lot of things you can't do.
0: I guess, I guess I'll be back here. The world's really not that big. I
1: think you do get fast travel points. You get
0: fast travel points. Uh, two things this game is missing. Uh, quite dramatically, and one I actually looked up on the internet, and the developers had claimed they were working on it, they didn't ever do it. Uh, the game is missing any sort of map. Uh, this game would be dramatically helped by a mini-map of sorts, or a map period. There's a map, like the, there's the warp warping map. And that's it. Which just tells you that you're in that area, which is, it's almost, I mean, you kind of get the gist of where you need to warp to off that, but like, a mini-map would have made a world of difference.
1: Every game needs a mini-map. Yeah. Every game needs some sort of mini-map. Yeah. The very least,
0: well, that, that, that has open world exploring kind of like this does, at least. I mean, I don't, I'm going to say every game needs it. Like, uh, I've been playing Death Stranding, and I don't, I don't need a mini-map. But you do have one. I have a big map. Yeah. Not a mini-map. Big maps or whatever. I mean, most games have big maps. But uh, this game just drastically needed a mini-map. And the thing that uh, some other people had complained about and the developer had acknowledged was a quest log. There's lots and lots of side quests. Yeah, I do And you have that. to keep track of them yourself. I do remember that. And there's no nothing in the game that tells you which quests you have picked up and uh, what where you're supposed to be going for them. You have to remember all of this stuff. And you have to do all the side quests for a trophy, for yeah. achievement. Right. Well, I managed to pull it off, but like it was harder than it needed to be because there's just no quest log. And, like, and, I, and I know the developer, I, I had been to a, a Google search that led to the developer acknowledging
1: that. That also gets back because some of the quests you start at the beginning of the game Due to certain circumstances, like Drew said earlier, a village you attacked is you can't get back to the same spots in that village anymore. Like this person's house where you originally got the quest from. The house is gone and you have to find the person and they may not be in that village. They may have been, uh, I'll say, I was going to say refugeed. They may have become a refugee and gone to a, another village altogether. Yeah. And so you're looking. There's,
0: there's just no markers telling you where anybody's at.
1: I do remember struggling with that, but at the same time, I did have a guide. That that helped me I point you in the right direction. There people, fans and, of the and game, and there's a
0: good little handful of side quests that lead you back and forth across the map, and you got to really—I can't remember—I I don't have my notebook, but I—I I, I feel like maybe I wrote maybe I even wrote stuff down at a particular point. Like I can't remember all of this because it's just
1: Mm-mm. too much going on. Do you got anything else? Like I said, we gushed about the the system and everything, the, which the, is the, the main
0: draw. The main draw is the magic mm-hmm. system. That's where people will spend a lot of time. I imagine the magic system. Uh, this is see, there's a big, big uh time in between who played this. I played this in almost maybe almost a year ago. And mine was a, at least a little while ago. Yeah, you were. It was last year sometime. This is actually something. This this is long before long before we did, had Game Pass. It's something we actually bought. I don't remember what I paid for it. I can't remember anything. How, how much I pay for anything. So I bought this, but I think it's again along the indie side of things It's worth anywhere between the I wouldn't be 50, disappointed 15, 15, twenty dollar 15, $15, range. Uh, given the amount of content you got and the time you can spend, I mean, the, I mean, the Magic system itself is worth uh, experiencing. If anything, definitely, yeah. You know? uh, so I'd, rec- I'd recommend i recommending people try it out if they can find it. I I don't look at Xbox sales anymore because I don't buy Xbox games because of Game Pass. Uh, but I assure I assure you, I bought it on sale at some point, and it's on if it's on every console. I'm sure it's on sale uh, pretty regularly. I think it it, it it might retail for fifteen or twenty, so I probably played a lot less than that anyway.
1: Probably ten or five. Yeah, there's no telling. You, know, you got anything else for it. Uh, please go play it,
0: everybody. It's really yeah. good. And tell us if you play it. We I mean, love people tell us if they play 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 some of these
1: games. It'd be wonderful.
0: Um, the la- the next game, not not the last game. I we went two games. Uh, a game that I didn't play at all. Uh, this is a game that I um specifically put on GameFly for Blake. I was misled a little bit, not because of the game, just because I assume it's a, a game. It's a, a game based on an anime, and majority of games based on animes turn out to be Muso games. If you don't know what a Muso is, Dynasty uh, Warriors, Muso is is what Dynasty Warriors is. So majority of anime games end up being Muso games or just uh, 3D fighters. So I was quick to assume this 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 would be a Muso. This is uh, Fist of the North Star: Lost Paradise. find out, I'll let Blake talk about it, because I didn't end up playing the game at all, even though I was somewhat tempted when I figured out I was, we were wrong about the the game genre. Uh, but I'll let Blake tell you what this game is actually was.
1: This is the No Star Lost Paradise um, was originally released uh, October 2nd, 2018. Its developer is uh, one we brought up fairly recently, is uh, Ryu Ga Gotoku. Mm -hmm. which is the people responsible for the Yakuza series. To our extreme surprise. Very much so. Because I realized it immediately. Because I turned it on, like Drew said, I would be expecting, I was expecting a a Musao game. mm -hmm. Just crazy, hundreds of enemies, me punching my way through the hordes. And then as soon as it started, I'm talking like the the mini-map that the game has. Had the, did the exact same tracking, these bright pink star uh, little symbols and the the radar the pinging and then like, as I was fighting uh, heat actions were popping up and I was I yelled for Drew immediately he was upstairs or in the other room and I was like dude this is I was like this is Yakuza. he's like what are you talking about and then I, I paused the game and I quickly did like a huge like, well the whole the whole pause menu is from like Yakuza yeah zero. Because it had abilities, auction,
0: objectives. It was like. Yeah, it looked just like. I mean, they, they just used the same menu. For it was Yakuza a game,
1: huge surprise. Only for me to find out. I don't want to go through the whole preamble of the Ryu Gakutokus, but they, they've made the Yakuza series.
0: Yeah, we, we covered that in our Yakuza
1: episode. Exactly. As well as a few other ones like Binary Domain and Super Monkey Ball. Yeah. Been so, there. been there. Y'all know about it. But I just thought it was really cool.
0: weird because when you mentioned them in the Yakuza episode, did you mention this game?
1: I didn't. I didn't mention this game specifically because I knew we were going to do it soon, and I thought it would be a cool uh, surprise. You left
0: it out, so you, you didn't. So you did know. We'd well, already played it. I'd
1: already played this.
0: You'd already played that when we did the Yakuza episode. The timing yep. of things is is weird, complicated. So, so you did know. You'd already played it when we did the Yakuza episode, so you did know. But you left it out to, for a surprise later. Yes. Ooh, behind the scenes.
1: Bounce bounce Now, uh, besides just the developer. Okay. Besides just the developer, like you said earlier, it is based off a huge franchise, Fist of the North Star, which has a fairly long anime, or it has a fairly long manga. It ran 245 issues Mm -hmm. from 1983
0: to 1988. Yeah, I never. I'm familiar. Everybody, most people, anime people, are familiar with Fist of the North Star. Like I am familiar with it, but I've never read it or watched it.
1: Yeah, it's ultra violent. It's 80s ultra violent. Anytime the main character Kinshiro punches somebody, they explode. Ooh. But it was also uh, one cool side note is when when the manga originally came out. At that point in time, the first two Mad Max movies had come out as well, and you can see yeah. heavy heavy influence on the 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 style of world and the costumes that some of the characters wear. Yeah, now clearly influenced. For let's see, for like the gr- graphic art style, it's because it's an anime game. They used a what is it like a cell shading technique? I guess you could
0: tell they were going when I look. I, mean, I didn't play, but I looked,
1: looked at play. But you could tell they were going for it. Looked kind of looked
0: like it was drawn, but it wasn't extremely stylized. I don't think like it didn't look like a yakuza game graphically. It looked like it looked it like, tried something else. Like it kind of looked like a
1: cart anime or a cartoon. That was the whole like, point. Yeah. Because at the time, kind of like behind-the-scenes stuff for them, at the time, they were working on the Dragon Engine to for Yakuza 6. And they chose not to use the Dragon Engine. They chose to reveal it with Yakuza 6 like they should. Yeah. And they used an older engine for this. And it looks like an anime game. It's really all this. It's really, you can tell that it's anime. It's got the hard, dark outlines for all the characters. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know anything about Fist of the North Star, it's a, if you, fight,
0: it's a fighting anime, isn't it? Like, yeah, like, like all fighting animes.
1: But I, mean. I was saying, because I'm talking about like the character uh, design and stuff. Is if your character doesn't have a name, you just look like a normal human being. If your character has a name, like Kenshiro or one of the main villains, you are a manly man. Mm-hmm. You are seven foot tall. Your shoulders are wider than any double door frame. You have a weird upside down triangle body shape, yeah. and you're just a manly man. Huge
0: uptime. All of them forget leg day.
1: Yeah, every single one of them forgot leg day, and ninety percent of them were rocking a mullet. Oh gosh, because it was the eighties, <laughs> they couldn't be helped.
0: Yeah, those are the kind of guys you don't make fun of for having a mullet, Those will murder you. Oh no,
1: it was. They were the manliest of men you will ever see in your life, and they all will prove it. It was just, it's just so funny to see it so stylized. Like, you can tell it was in the 80s. Yeah. There was no such thing as proper body proportions, I guess.
0: <laughs> well, not in the anime world.
1: But uh, all in all, I did enjoy it. It was...
0: You always say that at the beginning of explaining a game. Like, well, because
1: anything bad I say, I don't want i want to preamble. Like, I did enjoy the game.
0: Yeah. Well, it's a, I, mean, I imagine it's a, well, a well-built a well game because of, of the company behind it.
1: Oh, yeah. It is. It's an action adventure role playing beat em up, essentially. It's a yakuza game. it's a yakuza game, <laughs> exactly. With a different uh, skin over it for different characters. It play It literally it plays exactly. the sub stories. Yeah, that's it sub stories. Completion list. It's a cabaret. It does have a cabaret. It's not as fun cabaret, but it does have a cabaret. Yeah. Now let me just kind of delve into the story just a little bit. You play as as kenshiro and he is the youngest of four brothers who practice a very specific martial art called hokuto shinken and it's basically a fighting style that focuses strictly on pressure points or chakra points whatever you want to call them pressure points you know blocking the energies to one can paralyze you or doing a certain line can cause your blood to backflow and say your arm will blow off violently or your head will swell or you'll become paralyzed for a life Kinshiro tries very hard to not be drawn into conflict.
0: Oh, sorry. Is was this is this based somewhere within within the anime? Do you know?
1: See, I don't. I know that the prologue does. the pro, The prologue follows the Shin story arc, which is a dude who he when he was younger was friends with Kinshiro, but then got upset when the the female lead of the anime chooses Kinshiro over him, and then he kidnaps her, and there's a whole storyline. Her name is. The uh, eighties. So yeah, her name is uh, Yuria and kinshiro spends most of the game looking for her because something happened and she disappeared so on and so forth but it's 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 a love story it's a revenge love story he's just trying to find her now this whole game i do believe is in and of itself i think it's separate maybe yeah Yeah, separate but within because you meet a lot of characters like kind of it's it's a, a, uh, oh, I'm
0: sorry. Are you familiar with the anime at all? I've seen no
1: random bit. bits and pieces, and I know I should be. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm aware that it exists, and I know that it was ultra violent. It, like, it, it, has its, it,
0: it's just like you, the anime you hear yeah. about, so okay so you, so you don't really, really know.
1: And I know. Well, I've actually seen the live-action American-made movie. Oh gosh. When I was younger, because I didn't know any better, and fairly recently it was on Game Pass. I played uh, Jump Force, mm-hmm. and Kenshiro is one of the characters you could play as. Oh yeah. yeah, he fit right in there, I imagine. Exactly, because he he did get his start in Shonen Jump, so that was kind of cool. But, and I know the Fist of the North Star is because he has the the little Dipper punctured into his chest because it was supposed to kill him, but he didn't die because the person who did it to him didn't fully understand the technique. Ooh. Now, uh, Kenshiro himself, uh, is, like I said, is the youngest of four brothers. And each of them appear in the anime and they appear in the game. Rivals? Uh, yeah, because technically, Kinshiro is the youngest brother. He's also the youngest at the school. Mm-hmm. But when the when the successor was chosen, he he was chosen above his three older brothers. And they all have well, most of them have anger towards him. The eldest brother definitely, and then the second oldest brother, the Jaggy, he definitely had an issue with it. And then the youngest, the, the second one, is a dude named Toki. And he was like, I understand. And he's like, because I know our, old, our older brothers are too violent. So I understand why you were chosen, Ken. And everyone calls him Ken or Kenny. No one really calls him Kinshiro.
0: They call him Kenny? Yeah. Ooh.
1: Yeah. But Ken's okay. I well, know. I think it has a lot to do with American audiences. Because yeah, they weren't saying Kenshiro. They were saying Ken or Kenny a lot yeah. of the time.
0: This game has both dubs. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: I wanted to get to that here in a minute. The entire game is voiced in English and Japanese. Mm-hmm. Now, I originally started the game in Japanese because of a really cool thing. But then it, the Japanese voice actor for Kenshiro is the same Japanese voice actor who does uh, Kiryu. Yeah, I thought that would throw you off. And it was cool, but it was throwing me off because I was hearing it. And I was just like, this is awesome, but it's weird. So I ended up switching it to English to give it a go. Was he his anime voice actor? I didn't really look into that. I don't I think even, so. I didn't even think to ask
0: you that when you were playing, if if Curious if, if, if voice actor was his actual Japanese anime voice actor.
1: That'd be yeah. interesting. No, but I do know the uh, the English voice actor who played him is a gentleman named uh, Robbie Damon. He's the English voice actor for Kenshiro. And his big claim, like like, like his actual, his actual voice actor, uh, I think he, I don't think he was the original one from the Mm eighties, but he has a couple of big claim to fames. Uh, his, his, I'm going to give you his top three big ones just so we'll kind of go over it real quick is he's, uh, in more recent, most recently he was, uh, in persona five, he's Goro Mm Akechi. Okay. So that's pretty big one. Yeah. And number two is in uh, Final Fantasy XV. Oddly enough, I didn't realize this was a connection, but he's the voice of Prompto.
0: Ooh, is Prompto and Ketchy's the same guy.
1: Yeah, as same as Kinshiro. That's, that's some range. I'll give, it, give him that. And now his biggest claim to fame, and he's done that. He's been the entire English guy from like the, literally, the, I think, two thousand to now, because they've done a, a reiteration of the anime. He's the voice of Tuxedo Mask. <laughs> <laughs> he is the voice of Tuxedo Mask. Wow, from that the a, Sailor Moon fame. That's
0: crazy! What a little range there. Yeah, I would never place any of them in the same category. Yeah,
1: and like he has a plethora of others. More recently, kind of a cool side note is a Marvel's legendary Avengers or something in 2020. Um, he's the voice of Peter Parker, Spider Man. And that there's a whole other, a whole he's bunch all, of others.
0: He's all across. Sometimes there's voice actors like you know that you could hear him across multiple anime. Like even Chewie, like when you hear Tweed Baker, you know you've always hearing Chewie Baker. He has some range. But you know when you hear Chewie Baker, if you hear uh, Crispin Freeman or uh,
1: Stephen list, Blum, Stephen
0: Blum, like you know you, you always hear and them. Johnny Young Bosch, Johnny Young Bosch, of course. You hear them all. But this guy. One, I didn't know his freaking name, and two, he's scattered across multiple projects of characters who sound nothing alike. And, I, I and people, was, most people would say, and I agree, that, that that's the sign of a phenomenal voice actor.
1: And just now, by accident, I was scrolling up just to try to clear the page of his voice acting. Um, Shining Force Resonance. Mm-hmm. He, was yeah. the, he was Zest. Ah. The crazy guy who's obsessed with power, he was yeah. Zest.
0: So we had covered that game a while back.
1: A long time ago. That was a game we tried to give
0: away and nobody wanted.
1: <laughs> yeah, apparently,
0: or well, no, I said it in the podcast. They say maybe it was Facebook blocked out that giveaway. Who
1: knows? There's a possibility because it sees us as a business and we're not paying them, so they're like, "You ain't getting that." Blah 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 anyway. blah blah blah. But he is, like I said, he's a mass. He has a massive roster. It's like 66 TV shows, 22 movies, and like 40 games. He's all over the place. Wow! That's and impressive. another kind of more recent big one is I don't, I haven't watched it, but I know if the character is in uh, Boruto Next Generation. Mm-hmm. He's the voice of Mi- uh, Misuki, which is um, Orochimaru's genetic clone son, who's also <laughs> the Dragon Sage. It's weird. Sure,
0: yeah, I tried. I, we, I gave I gave uh, Naruto a fair swing. I was just about a hundred episodes. I was not understanding why it was so popular, so I, I had
1: to drop it. Let's get back to Fist of the North Star: Lost Paradise. Now, like I said, it's it, it's exactly like Yakuza. Only problem is, it was. You would run around the same
0: town the whole time.
1: You run around the same town, but it was like you were spoon-fed very heavy-handedly. What I mean by is that is because the game has a bunch of mini-games just like Yakuza, but uh, most of the time, every single mini-game that you played, you were forced to do it at least once as part of the story, which I felt kind of I wanted to explore. It was forced upon you, and some of the mini-games weren't really fun. They had cool aesthetic, but they weren't great. Like, uh, un- well, unlike Yakuza 2, this was kind of cool, but I didn't care for it, was there, you get to explore outside your main hub city, and you get access to the entire waste, and you have a, a sand buggy that as you go through, you can, one of the meeting games is putting it in races, and the other one is riding around the dunes and getting into like these huge epic fights with driving around gang members. And as you drive around, and you fight, you get upgrade parts to upgrade your buggy to make it better to win the races. I didn't much care for any of that. I hated being on the open world. Yeah, the game.
0: I think the game it doesn't make you do a whole lot of that. No, no, no.
1: You, you, you for, you're forced to do everything once, and that's exactly.
0: Yeah, you have to win a race. You have to win one combat. You, yeah. And you can go back to town and don't have to.
1: I do have. You do have to explore out and about quite a bit for the main story, but once you get there. There's a ninety percent chance that there is a uh, fast travel gas station nearby that you don't have to drive all the way out there again. So they did do that, right? need that nonsense. I didn't much care for, it. but they needed to because otherwise you weren't going to leave this super small circular city.
0: Was it not uh, how is it compared to Kamuricho in size?
1: It may have been honestly about the same, except for mm-hmm. it, this was because the whole point of the story is you, it takes place in the city of miracles, Eden. And it is a very circular city because it has a huge wall to protect it from the outside radiation and sandstorms. because It's a desert city, and so everything in it is very circular. So it's basically it's not as fun as going around exploring Sotónburi or, or Komarochio, but it was good. Like I said, you eventually you would. You, I knew where I was going. Like they they did it simplistically enough. That I knew that, it, just looking at my mini-map, I was like, if I, I go left here, I'll end up at the weapons shop, And go right here, and if I go straight on to the Coliseum, or the High Priestess's main castle and stuff like that. And there is a plethora of characters, both, like I said before, both new and old. Some ones that were specifically invented for this game, I do believe, was the High Priestess, Kisana, and then her second-in-command, the Captain of the Guard, is a Jag Ray. Not to be confused with jag Two very different people. And then the mistress of the arena and she also runs the Cabaret Club is uh, Lyra. Mm. I think they were specifically made for the game. Mm. And then you get a whole bunch of other people from the anime and the manga, including some of his little co- fan service. Yeah, some of his co patriots, which is a, a young man and young woman named Bat and Ren. Mm. And they're both people that he helped in the anime and they chose to come with him and help him on his adventures. So that was pretty cool. Talk about the mini games. We have the Coliseum, which is, you know, it is what it is. And then there is a clinic, but it's like a, it combined the the break dancing and the karaoke from Yakuza to the point, like, the whole point is he's supposed to be doing pressure point. It's called Dr. Ken. He does the pressure points on people to make people feel better. But as you're doing it, that's how everything starts. I did it like once or twice to experience it. And as you're doing it, the battle theme for the main theme for the game kind of kicks in and then you have to hit according to the song. Make sure you hit the song beats and then do the QTE events that are happening and your punk pressure point killing all the people who are attacking you while you're trying to heal people inside this hospital. <laughs> it was too much. It was, we- it was funny. It was cool, but it was too much. I wasn't going to do it a whole, whole lot. Yeah. And then there was uh, one of the one funny thing. They did have a batting cage similar to the Yakuza, mm-hmm. except because these are manly men. Instead of, you know, using a baseball and a baseball bat and the baseballs to knock them really far. It was a keep them away from the home ba- from the main city. You can only access this mini game while driving around in the open world mm-hmm. was you used a telephone pole and smacked villains off their motorcycles. As they were flying towards you to get inside the town, and that was pretty fun. I did that two or three times, and I was like, "I get it. You know, this is cool. This is fun." Then they have a, a bartending thing, which you do. You just make drinks for people. You do their in That was cool because it lets you build relationships with people, which also gave you uh it gave you access to uh, item shops, better inventory, mm-hmm. and upon when you increase the relationship with them, uh, you got bigger discounts. Nice. So that, that, no, was worth doing. that was actually really worth doing. And then, as I mentioned earlier, there's a uh, cabaret slash hostess.
0: Yeah. So you said uh, this one you talked about with me before that it's the same but different. It's the same
1: but different. Is unlike in Yakuza. Well,
0: most importantly, the song is missing.
1: Yes, that a uh, wondrous, wonderful song is missing.
0: Yeah, uh, which we come to find out when we played it on the other episode, that the song we love so much is called "As You Like." Is about the poppiest thing you'll ever hear on this podcast, but you don't understand unless you're playing the get playing those games and hearing that song how how well it all fits in the moment. But as the song "As You Like" is, of course, missing from this game,
1: and it's what I mean is complicated. Is unlike in Yakuza, you don't get to customize your girls; you're given. Your girls, and instead of being platinum, they're just ranked S through D, mm-hmm. standard style. Yep. But it had all the same ones cool, sexy, smart. But I, I think,
0: think so smart was one, but yeah, but but sexy. I think smart was
1: it was beauty, cute, sexy, and smart or talkative, talky, something like that. I can't remember them all. It had all, it had all the same mechanics there, and it had all the girls. The only thing it did differently is. For the first time ever is I could assign two girls to one customer. And that overcomplicated it a little bit because I would sometimes lose my cursor while going everything going on. And there was a couple of quality of life things that they took away. Like there's a tiny time freeze mechanic when you're picking a girl in Yakuza. This took away the time freeze mechanic. So my time was constantly going and it made it harder to concentrate. Like I said earlier, anytime you put a timer above someone's head. It stresses people out. Me specifically, I I hate having a timer over my head. Then it also because I couldn't customize my girls, I had to be I had to shuffle my deck more often to get and read the actual description of each mission specifically. Yeah, it sounds like they took the fun out of it. It wasn't it, it wasn't as fun, but because now it does a, they levels were differently cuz in the Yakuza I think they maxed out like level 30 I
0: think it was different
1: each game yeah but in this one the, your girls goes from 1 to 99 and it treats it more like a su- pseudo combat where you can literally give a, one of the customers a girl that he despises to the point he's like oh god you're ugly can I get another one they will literally say that mm-hmm. but if she's like level 50 or 60 or whatever you know before he has a chance to argue too much. She's already damaged his wallet enough and that he leaves without me getting a bad rating because because he was his, his life bar was satisfied fast faster than he could be mad. And it, it wasn't as fun as normal Yakuza. I'll say that much. It was OK. And I did get far in it. But then <laughs> my thing is, I'm not. I don't have any sort of nostalgia or attachment to the source of material of Fist of the North Star. If I did, I may have really wanted to drown myself and everything. But all I could feel like I was like I would rather be playing a Yakuza right now. This is cool. This is great. But I would much rather be playing a Yakuza game, mm-hmm. and especially knowing now that we recently got three, four, and five remasters on Game Pass, so I was like, I really just I rather be playing, playing a Yakuza. Yakuza. And not to let it take away from the game by any means. It is a fun game. It is a cool game that you can plow through fairly quickly.
0: Yeah, You didn't didn't beat this game. No platinum, right?
1: No, I didn't platinum. I could have, but that was going to be like 120 hours. And I was already sitting at like the 50, 60 hour mark. (sighs) That's a lot. I don't really have a whole, whole lot I want to talk about. Like, other than just the general story as like post-apocalyptic world... It takes place after the Shin arc. He said you encounter just about everybody who appeared in the anime, even some people who technically died in the anime, I think. And I know that they brought them back just for, again, for fan service, which is pretty cool. Across the board, I did find some cool interesting facts when I was doing research on it, is it got above average scores across all the gaming things, which... That, that, That just speaks to the developer. Exactly. Like, people knew what they were getting into, and it... Everyone seemed to really, really enjoy it. I'm assuming more so in Japan than in America, but it went over really well. In its first week, it sold uh, like 125,000 copies, which I think is pretty good. And <laughs> one random side note is the when it finally came out, it was the first game to topple Monster Hunter World. Hmm. After Monster Hunter World had been the best-selling game for 7 weeks in a row yeah. <laughs> in Japan.
0: Monster Hunter World's like one of Capcom's biggest successes.
1: Oh, definitely. I didn't mean to go on that little tangent when I said I was going to talk about the story. Sorry about that. But like I said earlier, post-apocalyptic world, Yuria was presumed dead, but then he uh, Kinshiro finds out that she was kidnapped when he when she when he thought she was dead. So then he goes on an adventure across the waste and you go to a couple of little story beats and then you end up at the city of miracles also called Eden also called sphere city. And it has some crazy technology that makes it like it stores water at nighttime. And so they have like an unlimited supply of water. And so that's why so many people are trying to break into to Eden or flock to Eden. And it's called the city of miracles and that leads to a lot of conflict with the people. Which then Kinshiro gets involved, which is how he becomes friends with the High Priestess and the Captain of the Guard, so on and so forth. And then it just unlocks the rest of the story there by doing loads of fan service and everything. And one cool thing I did, because there's not really a whole lot of story there. A bunch of people either mistaking you or accusing you of being someone you're not. Or because you have four other brothers who are also, well, two brothers trying to kill you and other people pretending to be you by like purposely like scarring up them, their chest, but like, oh, I'm Kinshiro kind of like how people were pretending to be the dragon of Dojima to get free stuff. So I thought that was actually really cool. Now, one cool thing just to prove that it's just kind of cool is uh, there's a DLC pack. It costs like $5 <laughs> and it's a, and you can actually get the kiddie skin where you wear kiddie standard. Wait, actually it's, it's not even that it's full blown head to toe. It's kiddie Yeah. And so, I, I didn't, because it, it didn't do anything, it was just $5 for that. I thought about doing it, but I didn't. I should have just to show support, but I, it seems kind of like a $5 seems like a, If it was $2, I would have did it. $5, I'm a bit frugal when it comes to $5. Especially just for a
0: skin that really doesn't have any, have any real meaning
1: to it. No. And, and well, it'd be, it'd be cool if I was playing it in Japanese, because then it would really be playing you. See, besides that, I don't really have a whole whole lot else to talk about. Uh, like I said earlier, uh, I enjoyed it very much. So, but I wish I knew more of the franchise; I probably would have enjoyed it more. That's really all there is to it.
0: I didn't. I didn't play the game. I was somewhat, like I said earlier, I, I was somewhat tempted because of the developer and stuff like that. I told Blake to like play it a little bit and let me know if it really if it's worth getting into just as a, as a Yakuza fan, is, is it worth playing? I think he eventually kind of, kind of told me it's just, uh, it's not quite, not the same enough. It's not, and there's something about, something about just he figured I would be wasting my time. And I knew that uh the other Yakuza's were coming to game pass. So I, d- I didn't want to have, now you have that on your play. I, I mean, I'm itching to play another Yakuza. So I don't know if that, if that set you on a path to want to play more Yakuza if it just wanted, or like made you, Maybe like, ugh, I don't, I don't, now I don't know if I'm ready for another Yakuza game. I'm
1: definitely ready for, for more than anything. Kidou's story. Yeah, but if, yeah, if the
0: game did anything for you at least that. So it was, it was like good. I
1: definitely want to play more Yakuza. Okay, that's
0: good. I'm glad it didn't like burn burn you out for it. No. Uh, you got anything else? This is a GameFly game. We didn't buy it. Uh, no. and I have no idea about sales. Actually, I think it is a. You say that earlier? It's a PS4 exclusive. It's a
1: PS4 exclusive. I don't think I said it earlier, but it is in fact a PS4 exclusive. Yes. Yeah. Okay.
0: you ready to move on yeah the final thing i'm gonna do here is uh, a band of course Uh, a few weeks back who knows the time frame for when you listen to this or anything else but uh if you follow us you know our cousin daniel does a youtube uh show the retro crash and burn he uh plays retro games and talks about life and then and he and throughout he plays music uh he did a while back uh demon hunter and i was thinking while i was listening to that, i was like dang i haven't done demon hunter on our podcast. It's a band we listen to, uh we've been we've listened to him for years. forever. Probably not probably not since the beginning of the band, I think. I think Daniel may have been there from the start of the band when they were around, listened to him all these years. Uh but he played that played that song there and I was like, Oh cool, I I guess I should dip in there too. Uh he surprisingly didn't play one of their more famous songs, uh Not I. Uh I was kind of surprised by that, but that's uh, that's like the go-to Demon Hunter song. So I think I'm I'm not going to play that either. I am going to play um I would say somewhat newer, but gosh, they have so many out so many albums now. So just just looking, they have up up to ten albums, including recently in 2019 a do- double album. And I was going to play something from the double album, but honestly, I wasn't really digging them too much. Me and Blake had listened to the double album. It's War and Peace uh the songs weren't really doing anything for me i know sometimes the uh, albums have to grow on you and you got to give them more time and really let them sink in but uh that just wasn't wasn't working for me so i picked a ran a song that just always jumps out in my head and i'm not even sure if it's really the best re- representation of demon hunter but there's a song off their album uh extremist called gasoline do you do you know do you know Gasoline off the top off the top of your head? I think I do. It's it's a really good song. It's a great song. but I don't think it's along the lines of what they normally do, but it's such a good song and it's kind of different. It's definitely different from the what what Daniel. I forget what song he played more along the lines of what what Demon Hunter sounds like. Of course, as long as you're not like
1: it's a good song, but as long as you're not playing Collapsing because Collapsing would be a it's not something they normally do either.
0: Collapsing was almost their radio kind of thing a yeah. little bit, a little bit like that. Yeah. So I may not be playing the best representation of the band, but it is a song that really, really stuck with me for the longest time now. And that the whole album, Extreme, extremist album, has a lot of uh, great stuff on there. I mean, just looking at I'm looking at the track listing right now. Artificial light, uh, death. I mean, that album starts with the song called Death, and Death is a pretty, pretty dang good song. I will, I will fail you, which they've uh, been. I think they've re-released that on a, on a, on, a, on like a re-releases album, like a, some acoustic version. I will fail you. It, I guess it plays well acoustically. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not a acoustic person. Uh, and Gasolines on here, of course. Cross the Bear, you might know. Some of these songs, I say the name of, and I'm like, oh, I can hear it in my head. Oh, yeah. uh, Cross the Bear is one of those. It's a short list of bands that um, uh, we would go with Daniel to see. We we would travel somewhere. He would travel here. Like I think we went to. Where he lives, uh, I think we go for for more for Breaking Benjamin and some other stuff, and uh, he's come here for Demon Hunter and Lip- and, and Lacuna Coil. We've probably seen Demon Hunter more than any other band, ironically, just because it's just like every time they're around one of the places, Daniel's like, you want to see Demon Hunter? And we're like, yeah, let's go see, just go see some Demon yeah, Hunter. Yeah, it's a
1: good reason to have family and <laughs> stuff like that. To
0: go see a go see a, a really cool band. So and they're always a uh, great live. It's we talked about mentioned before, but. Um, some bands that don't sound terribly great live. Demon Hunter's not in there. Uh, the yeah. singer Ryan Clark uh, sounds incredible uh, on album, and then he also sounds you know, just as good, if not better, live. Some of the times he does have a pretty good range of uh, vocal styles he uses for the band. I don't know if I got any pictures with us in the band. I don't remember. I I'm know. sure that we can find that won't be that difficult. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you do that. I know. I see it. I've seen Daniel's picture with Ryan a couple of times.
1: You have anything you want to say
0: about Demon Hunter? Um, well, there's a kind of a
1: cool... They've been around since 2000. Yeah. They're originally out of Seattle. Um, it was originally started with two brothers, Ryan and Don mm-hmm. Clark. Uh, but Don left to start a family. Mm-hmm.
0: And a, lot of, a lot of bands happen. Yeah,
1: it just happens to. And Ryan, they're still going. And, you know, of course, no animosity or anything. They're brothers. Why would there be? And they've gone on to make several albums, and all fantastic. War and Peace is, wasn't doing us no good, but I I don't really like
0: when bands do double albums, except for, obviously, Coed and Cambria's Afterman, because there was a so point you're to You're just it. a hypocrite. <laughs> well, I, no, I'm not a hypocrite. Like, there's, there's one good double album, and it's Afterman.
1: What about Hypnotized Mesmerize? Those down. are okay,
0: but those could just be one out. Al- I mean, really? They're, they're, I, I wouldn't even compare them to nowhere near as good as Afterman.
1: No. I the only other one I could pop up off the top of my head would have been, well,
0: everybody tries it. Like, Five Finger Death Punch has tried it. It was not good.
1: Um, Stone Sour did it. House of Stone Sour did
0: it. That, that could be. There, there's no reason to do two albums. I mean, true. I don't know. I, I'm just not a fan. I don't know. I feel like I mean, a lot when, of work when, gets- when, band, when bands, when you know, when you follow bands and see they have a bunch of tracks, say they oh they will post like oh we've we've got 18 tracks. We're trying to pick 14 for the for the record. Like there's a reason. That there's song. a reason that some don't make it to the album. And I feel like double albums are just like screw it, throw it all
1: on there. Yeah,
0: and you get some real stinkers in there.
1: Uh, well, I don't mind certain bands like years later going, "Hey, these are a lot of songs that we actually really enjoy." But yeah, and they, and they re- they'll release the B sides. Or a perfect example would be Disturbed. Yeah. released a, an album called uh, "The Lost Children," and it was every song they had ever cut mm-hmm. from. An album and they put it all on one album and then they remastered them and released it, and that yeah. actually was really cool. Yeah, Chevelle did one a few years ago too. I feel I like B sides and something else, yeah, I forget what it was called. It had a name, North Corridor. It was, um, it, not not
0: the point, yeah. but uh, I don't know. I just, I'm just really not, I don't know why bands do double. I mean, I'm sure that if you if you just ask a, a band that would be done to explain exactly why they did it, thought a double it was time for a double album, I just doesn't work for me, but hey, but other than that. I mean, you scroll through their the history of albums, and there's there's this great stuff throughout. I mean, you got too many, too many too many albums to go. I mean, when you got ten albums, there's just too much to scroll through. Ten I'm albums. Luckily, over I'm luckily, I'm yeah. I'm luckily, I had I had a I had a band, I had a song in mind. Otherwise, I'd been struggling to pick. I would have I would have panicked and defaulted on Not I. I don't I don't want to. I mean, I do want to play Not I.
1: Cause it's <laughs> so dang good. But it's the perfect intro song yeah, to the someone song. who enjoys Demon Hunter. Yeah.
0: I don't want to go on and on and on about it. There you go, Daniel. And I think Daniel was talking about not being um caught up on David Hunter's recent recent outings. It's just hard to keep up keep up with bands, so I don't know if if uh, he's listened to, well, Extremists two thousand fourteen. Just depends on what's the last time he dipped into what they've been doing recently. So I don't know if you've heard Gasoline or not, Daniel. But it'll be a, should be a good treat for you. Maybe it'll get you listening to uh, the newer stuff. Newer stuff. I think he picked he picked from earlier albums. Yeah. Uh, when he picked his song. Uh, that's all I got I'll let Blake wrap up and on the end here you will hear Gasoline by Demon Hunter
1: and uh, I want to wish everybody a good evening